Welcome into week nine of the Lemon Pepper Parlay podcast. I'm your host, Martin Weiss, joined here with former Cincinnati Bengal, former NFL pro bowler, current dad of two who spent a time in Louisiana watching his kids play for LSU, TJ Hushmanzada. How was it going down there to see the kids ball out? It was good, man. They uh, gave me something to watch. Uh, They played two games. And they actually played very well. My my older daughter, they got one at bat the first game. They started both games, but she came up with bases loaded, got a bases clearing triple. There you go. And they, my oldest daughter hits just before my youngest daughter. So then the second at bat, my young, my oldest daughter gets a hit. My younger daughter comes up, hits a bomb to right field. Looks like it's going to be a home run. But then it looks like the girl's going to catch it also. So it was like in between some right. Long story short, she didn't catch the ball. Both of them were standing at first base because <laughs> but they made a bad throw to second. So she ended up being safe anyway. But yeah, they uh, they played well, very well, actually, very well. Yeah. Can't complain about that. They, they did a hell of a job. That's awesome, man. I'm glad to hear it. I'm glad you had a good time. And uh, well, today it's a very busy day in the NFL. By the time that this comes out, the trade deadline will probably have come and gone. Von Miller, no longer a Denver Bronco, onto the Los Angeles Rams. I mean, they already had Aaron Donald. They already have uh, 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 Jalen Ramsey. They already have traded for Matthew Stafford. The Rams don't have a first or second or third round pick. It's seemingly until, you know, you know, your kids will be getting drafted by the NFL by the time the Rams have first, second round picks. Um, what do you make of Von Miller to the Rams? If if Von can stay healthy, you know, he's been nicked up this year a little bit. Last year, obviously, missed the majority of the season. If he can stay healthy, it's almost impossible to block him. What are you going to – you double Aaron Donald, Von Miller's one-on-one. He's going to kill your tackle. So you, now you're going to have to chip the back. So now it's less guys getting out in the routes uh, as quickly as possible. Then you have Leonard Floyd on the other side. It's literally Aaron Donald is probably like, okay, let's send some of these double teams, Vaughn's way, so I can get some more one-on-ones. I, I really, their secondary is good. They have really good ball skills. They know the ball has to come out quick. So they're going to be sitting on routes because you don't have a lot of time. The Rams literally – and they were my Super Bowl pick preseason. All they've done is solidify it. That's really all they had done is getting better. So one of the teams, this is not exactly a trade, but I was high on the Colts last week. I know we didn't get a chance to record our podcast. I was high on the Colts. I thought they had a great chance to beat the Titans. I locked it in Sunday night as soon as I saw the line. As soon as I saw them beat the 49ers, I locked it in. They lose in overtime. And the Titans lose Derrick Henry. So, first of all, the Colts lost a perfect opportunity to try to position themselves to have a chance at the AFC South. But now that the Titans don't have Derrick Henry, is it still their division to lose? And do you think that Adrian Peterson, the ageless wonder, you know, I mean, literally, he's six years older than me, TJ. He's six years older than me, and he's playing in the NFL. I can't can't believe it. Adrian Peterson back in Tennessee. 
these first couple games, I, I believe he'll play and play well. J just because he's fresh, just the wear and tear, you know, you, you get it's that it's that excitement of having being back into the league. You haven't played a game in a while. You haven't had a helmet and shoulder pads on in a NFL game. So that, that excitement, he'll be fresh. It it's a, the game is different now, man. They, the wear and tear on your body that that we had when I played, it isn't there anymore. They they take care of you more in practice. The rules are different, not so much for running backs, but Adrian Peterson, I, I believe he'll he'll be fine. Will he be Derrick Henry? No, but but he'll be fine. The Titans have beaten the Colts twice already this year. And so luckily they played them both games when they had Derrick Henry. So this division, unless they fall flat on their face, is pretty much theirs. Uh, Jacksonville, rebuild. Houston, rebuild. So they're really just competing with the Colts and they've already beaten them twice. And so I think it's a foregone conclusion that this division is theirs. I would assume they played eight games or six and two at this point. Derrick Henry is going to miss seven, eight weeks. So he should be able to come back towards the end of the season playoffs. If they play 500 football, which I believe they can and they will, they win the division. And so foregone conclusion, at least in my opinion, that the Titans have the division locked up just from the fact that they've beaten the Colts twice already. Yeah, I, I think that it's probably the Titans division. I, I was high on the Colts, like I said beforehand. I actually bought a future for them to win the AFC South because that path, like if the Colts had won on Sunday, then the path was going to be way open. And TJ, let me tell you a little something about gambling. You get this closing line value here. If I could have got them at plus, was I think we were plus 500 at the time, you know, they would have now went up to like plus 300. That's 200, TJ. Five to one to three to one. That's two to one. I would have gotten that much more money, but Derrick Henry's foot, and I just don't know. I think I probably just lost money in general on that ticket. The trade that everybody wants to see, but apparently may not happen. Reports came out this morning that Odell Beckham was untradeable. The Browns have said that Odell Beckham, they have no plans to trade him. The, the, the deals are not high enough. LeBron James is tweeting he would like OG, OBJ to be freed. And Odell Beckham's dad, Odell Beckham Sr., is posting videos of Baker Mayfield missing wide open Odell on Instagram. TJ, obviously, the Odell experiment has not worked. It's one of these rare trades in the NFL that I feel like neither side benefited you know, immensely from, from the movement. No one, the, the, the player and, and the picks, it's just nothing, nothing really good came from either side from this Odell Beckham Cleveland New York trade. What do you, what should happen by the time this comes out? It's whatever happens is going to happen. What should happen with Cleveland and OBJ? They should trade them. They're not using them as we would say as receivers when you're not getting the ball. OBJ just out there for decoration, bro. He's out there for decoration. And they see this is the Cleveland. This is what they know. When Odell Beckham's out there, they put a safety over the top. They cloud them a lot. It helps in a run game, whether they're using him offensively by getting him the ball in the passing game, they know they're using him offensively in the run game because they put a safety over the top, safety over the top, less guys in the box. And, and so for him, he's not producing 
but he's producing in other ways because of the way defenses play him. And the Cleveland Browns know that. You take him off that team, you're not getting that safety over the top. You're going to get another guy in the box. Now it makes it harder to run the ball. And so they're paying the money to, to uh, basically keep that safety out of the box. But for me, once his dad puts that out there, LeBron puts that out there, OBJ, I'll be honest, he hasn't done any, like, since he's been in Cleveland, he hasn't done anything to disrespect the franchise. He, he hasn't been in the news or on TV uh, acting out or doing this or that. My thing is this, just let him go. Let him go. Our, our careers are so short that if you're not going to use him in the passing game, let him go. You get something for him. He gets to revive his career because since he let's just be honest, Odell Beckham is who he is because of the seasons he had with the Giants. He's done absolutely nothing with the Cleveland Browns. Let him go to see if he can revive his career because our careers are so short. I doubt they will because when you watch the tape, he gets a cloud safety a lot. That helps in a run game. So it's in, I mean, but it's interesting because we have not seen Odell say anything at all. Like when he was in New York, he was all over the place. And I'm not saying that even the things that he was saying or doing in New York were, were bad, right? It's just the coverage of Odell Beckham was just that much greater. Now, I get Cleveland's not New York, but Cleveland still has working NFL media. And he's still a working NFL player. And plus, half the time he's spending his time in L.A. anyway, because that's what all the athletes do. It's not That's nothing like... That's that's no slight. That's what a lot of people do in, the, in their professional off seasons. They come out here and they work out. Hell, they come out here and work with you, TJ Hoosman's out of right. Am I wrong? Yeah. So that's not so there's nothing wrong about that. But I, I could not help but think this morning that this may be Odell's first. It may hopefully it, it uh, comes in a soon enough time because just as a football fan, I understand your idea of saying that they, that Odell requires a cloud safety, but so do a lot of guys who are really, really fast who quarterbacks can get the ball. Whereas like Odell Beckham can do some things that we, you know, we haven't really seen a lot of guys. Did you watch the video that his dad put up? I did. I did. And he was so open. I watched probably the first three minutes and I thought to myself, this dude is going game by game by game. Like, I, I just don't see how coaches are human beings. They've watched this already. They're pissed off about that. They're, they're talking about him in these meetings right now. It's they're, they're done with practice. They're in meetings right now as we speak, looking at the time. They are in meetings. Practice is over. They're talking about this. And it's something that they don't want to talk like. I don't see a fit for him on the Rams now with Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, Van Jefferson's playing well. But I do see a fit with the Chargers. They didn't pick up Mike Williams' option. They don't have a down-the-field threat. You get Keenan Allen, you get Odell Beckham. You got probably the best receiving core in the league just with those two. I mean, Odell Beckham is talented, man. And, you know, you don't – his name never comes up anymore when you say who's the best receivers in the league. They don't even think about Odell Beckham. Getting with a quarterback that can get the ball down the field like Herbert or ju just anyone. Him and Baker, they don't mesh, man. They, they, they don't have that chemistry that you need. But Cleveland, 
it, it's out of spite they'll keep him but I, I don't think it's right I'll say this like you said people are human that video today by his father game by game multiple offensive snaps per game not one not two not three, not LeBron in Miami, but like 10, 11 snaps per game, TJ. I watch, it's, game. 11, it's 11 minutes of video, TJ, with four different games. Football plays at most are only seven seconds long. You know what I'm saying? Like at the most. So just think about how much that had to go into it. I can't imagine this video. This is going to have to be the moment that people look back and be like, this is either the moment that Cleveland had to trade Odell Beckham, had to, was forced to trade Odell Beckham, or they could not, in good conscience, pick up Baker Mayfield's contract or extend him to any type Man. of any type of significant money. Like, if Baker Mayfield is, is a top-five paid quarterback. You know what I'm thinking about, Martin? I just thought about this. Today's the player's day off. That tomorrow's practice? Ooh. Tomorrow's practice is going to be a lot of uneasiness and a lot of uh, looking around. Anybody going to say something? It, it's going to be because it's what you do. They've only played eight games, Martin, and you have an 11 minute video in eight games. Like I, like I said, I watched like the first three minutes. I was like, oh, I'm not going to watch all of this. I get the point. He's open and he's not getting the ball. It's simple. Yeah, I, I mean, I watched it just as a part, like, part of me is, like, football nerd. Like, I want to see what they're doing, like, what exactly is happening here. But the other part of it was, like, a like a level of, like, you know, you drive, you see, like, roadkill, you just can't help but stare. It's just like, just like, damn. Like, it was hard to watch. It was hard he to was watch. Open, like, he, like, the, the ones that blew me were against the Vikings, bro. Like, wide open for touchdowns. You hit the guy in the back of the helmet. You underthrow like literally two balls. If you complete those balls, that's just a hundred yards just within those two balls right there. Yeah, they 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 should move them. I doubt if they will. Um, he'll be decoration the rest of the year. So, well, in that case, moving forward to the rest of the year, whether or not Odell Beckham is on the team or off the team, or just decorating uh, you know, outside the numbers, he probably won't have much of an impact on the Browns at the Bengals, the Bengals being favored by two and a half points. Coming off at the Bengals, are favored? Mean, Bengals are favored by two and a half wow. points. Okay. Wow. Now, and the reason, TJ, that you have this look of shock and surprise in your face, because some guy named Mike White, you know, has people saying there's a quarterback controversy in New York. I know Zach Wilson is your guy, but this morning I saw two different tweets that said the New York Jets, like anybody said, anybody that knows the film knows the Jets offense was called the same way. Mike White just executed it better. And then the second one, nobody knew Kirk Cousins was going to be the starter in Washington on draft day. And listen, Mike White won't throw for 400 yards again. The Bengals, they just, they played terrible on defense. They they took him for granted. Like, I, I was watching some of the game, and it was just before halftime. The Jets had no timeouts, and the Bengals went cover zero. It was like, why? If you play, if you play coverage and they catch the ball, they're literally going to have a hard time getting the playoff because it was like 12 seconds left. 
play coverage, catch the ball in the field of play, tackle them, half over. You give up a touchdown. They just, they didn't, they didn't play the right way. They probably took for granted Mike White's ability to beat them. And they paid for it. They paid for it. But let's be honest, and it's not just this game. These officials have been awful this year, bro. Like, the officials have been awful. I'm an offensive player. That lowering a helmet to make contact, dude, if you're running at me, you think I'm going to hit you up high? In order to get low, my head has to drop, you dummy official. Like, I got to drop my head to hit you with my shoulder. If the offensive player drops his shoulder, which in essence drops your head, uh, we're both low. We might go helmet to helmet. That's not a penalty either way. You you just watch so many I, games. I felt that as somebody who has literally never taken an NFL before in my life, I felt that that was almost more of the offensive player's responsibility to protect himself. Have you ever seen an offensive player called for that penalty? No. I, had, I actually did. It happened. No, it happened. It, Not only, it happened on Sunday night. No. no. You never have and you never will. They need to fix that. These referees are potentially, and I, and I tweeted this, they're potentially costing players and coaches jobs with these horrible calls that they make. Like you go back to the Charger game that when Mike Williams grabbed the DB and they called defensive pass interference, that in essence won the game for the Chargers. That's a game-deciding call. These referees need to do a better job. That's not why teams are losing, but it damn sure is playing a part in helping a team win. You're holding calls. You're like, oh, that's holding. Oh, no, that's not holding. Oh, that one is holding? Like, you you just don't – sometimes you just don't know what you're going to get. But quarterback controversy, to get back to what we were talking about, uh, Zach Wilson is more talented than uh, Mike White. He's a rookie. Mike White, um, I hope he does play well because football is a game of you get your opportunity, you got to take advantage of it. He did take advantage of this opportunity. But the coaches didn't think Mike White can do this. You know why? Why are they going to trade for Joe Flacco? Why are they going to trade for Joe Flacco? Right. They've seen Mike White in practice. He had a hell of a game. Let's do it again, Mike White. Now we might have some. But doing it once... That's just one time. You do it again, we can talk. So I would say looking forward to next week, I'm taking the Bengals and two and a half, and minus two and a half in this. It's a home game. It is more of a Cleveland fade. Think about all the things that you just said they're going to be talking about in, in meetings on Wednesday. You know, all of those things are not the best team in the AFC North, the Cincinnati Bengals so far this year, right? Like they're not going to be talking about Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. They're going to be talking about the other LSU receiver that's on the roster, Odell Beckham Jr., and how they can figure out that situation, right? Speaking of, LSU sneaky been wide receiver university the last few years. You know what's crazy? It's not even the last few years. Let's let's go back. Let's go in a time capsule real quick. Uh, They had Michael Clayton. You remember him? I had number 14. Big tall, du- big tall, Dwayne Bowe. Yeah, Josh. Yeah, Dwayne Bowe, Josh Reed. 
Uh, um, Craig Davis, that was drafted in the first round by the Chargers, never made, never was a good player, but he was drafted first round. Like LSU was quietly them in Alabama. You want a receiver? That's where you go. But I agree. Outside of uh, Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase, they don't do much in college, but they get into the league and ball. Well, part of it is they don't ever have a quarterback. That's the issue. They don't ever have a quarterback. You go back and look at some of Odell. See, that's people give Odell crap, and I'm going to get off of Odell in a second because it would be much nicer if we were doing some of the stuff in the NFL that I remember him doing in college. And that's why I had there no doubt in my mind that he was just going to you know, flash in the league. But it's because he had guys arm punting him the ball his entire undergraduate career. He had to make circus catches because otherwise there were no other catches to be made. That's why I think it's in Eli Manning on the broadcast yesterday. I was just I was just waiting for him to one day, you know, to say something about how Odell extended his career. But instead, I'm seeing tweets about how Eli made Odell, and which is just like, yeah, he made Odell in the way that he was able to put the ball within a socially distant area around him, to when that Odell could make the miraculous catches that we saw because that was the you sneaky thing say, about man. it. There were bad throws. If you made me. Make another me. Make another me. If you made me, make another me then. Jay-Z and TJ both said that. So who do you like in the Browns and the Bengals? Uh, Bengals you know, it, it's at Cincinnati, both teams coming off of a loss. The Bengals run defense has been pretty stout this year. We'll, we'll, we'll take out the Jets game and, and just how horribly they played on defense. <clears throat> They, they, the Bengals have been playing very good defensively. Offensively, they did enough against the Jets to win. They just came up. Just, losing that game to the Jets, it just, for me, it's like, come on, man. As soon as you start getting some national love, y'all do this bullshit. Right. If the Bengals are the team that I think they are, and I said this a couple weeks ago, I didn't think they'd be this good. In Burrow's second year, I thought it would be the third year. They're a year ahead of what I thought. I'm going to pick the Bengals because I believe they're for real this year. But I also think the Browns are better than what their record indicates. They're just in between what they want to do, in between who they want to get the ball to. With this video coming out, if they don't trade Odell, they're going to try to force him the ball. There's It's human nature. Stefanski, I got to do a better job of calling plays to get him the ball. Yeah. You know what? I don't give a damn. I have seen enough tape and that everybody hurts Odell video. It don't matter what play you call. It don't, unless the play is hand the ball to Odell Beckham. I don't see I don't see nothing changing. That's why I'm taking the bangle. And you force the ball to him, it can end bad because the other team knows it's these head coaches know when your best players start quietly complaining, you want to pacify them. It's like a kid crying. Let's give him this pacifier. Let's give him a bottle. Let's change his diaper. You want to pacify him. And so that could play into the Bengals' hands if they understand that as well, which I believe they do. So I'm going to take the Bengals just because I believe overall they're a better team. The Browns have more talent, but the Bengals are a better team because Burrow is a better quarterback than Baker. I agree. Let's move on to the Vikings. They travel to Baltimore. The Ravens are five and a half point favorites. 
The Vikings on Sunday night had a 10-3 lead at halftime and then let some guy named Cooper Rush, who I have heard of and the vast majority of America have not because they were not watching John Bonamago Central Michigan football play, and I do not blame them, let that guy go uh, 14 for 23 for 215 and two touchdowns and a passer rating of 120.7 in the second half. The Ravens are off of a bye. I was really, really high on the Vikings this week. Uh, I, I thought that they had a big shot to beat the Cowboys, even I'm with Dak. I thought even with Dak, the Vikings had a shot to lose. Maybe we, you would have talked me off my ledge. But, I mean, that to me was a game the Vikings should have won and lost. It, but they're going to Baltimore to face the Ravens and they're five and a half point underdogs. The Vikings lost to Cooper Rush. No, no shade on the Cooper Rush's way. You're not going into Baltimore and beating the Ravens. They're coming off of a bye week. It sucks that you lost to Cooper Rush. Baltimore, they're going to stop the run. Their corners are going to man you up, and they're going to blitz Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins is what he is. He's a good quarterback, but he can't he can't get here, and that's okay. But you're playing a Baltimore Ravens team that got blew out, embarrassed by the Bengals. And they're coming off a of bye week and they're at home, they're gonna kill the Vikings. I'm with you. I think the Vikings may have lost their season last on Sunday night. Like I think because it was it was a I think that was a real pivotal moment, but just the way that Kirk Cousins performed in that game was, and I know I don't mean to be reductive and say this all coming down to the quarterbacks, right? But realistically, like there were seven different passes that Kirk Cousins threw behind the line of scrimmage that went for negative yards. I don't understand how that is even a thing that can happen in the NFL. And it just makes me feel that somebody could probably run a Justin Jefferson and add in Thielen tape. Now that Stefan Diggs is gone of the same thing that we just saw of Odell's always open, right? I feel like we could probably have something similar coming down from that. I think the Vikings really just blew a great opportunity. And the Ravens are not going. They, they see what's happening. They saw that. Ball, they saw that the, uh, the, the the Bengals just lost to the Jets. And he's like, "Look, this thing is still in play. The, the Ravens are one of these proud franchises. No matter who's here, we're gonna go out here and try to get it done. Running back by committee, whoever. As long as we got Lamar, we're in here. Baltimore is gonna win this game by two touchdowns. I'm with you. We're on the same page with that blowout. So." This has been like my sneaky favorite team to bet on in the last four weeks. The New England Patriots, right? They've been coming together for me. But last week, they weren't – last week, got the win. Mac Jones wasn't great. Asked to push the ball more against the Chargers. 18 for 35, 51% completions. No touchdowns, no interceptions. He's been a very high completion percentage guy, low yards recently. He had to do more today. But really, the defense coming along is the story. Chargers picked off Justin Herbert twice and the Patriots running game. They ran for minus one yard against the Buccaneers. Since then, they've averaged 137 rush yards a game, two touchdowns. And TJ, when you have a rookie quarterback, this is important. They've rushed for 11 first downs a game. So they're not putting the ball in Mac Jones's hands on third down too much, too frequently and forcing him to make decisions. They're handing the ball off and being able to get first down. So I'm wondering, TJ, with the Panthers, who just got a win but lost a quarterback after Sam Darnold played with his best game in a month, which amounted to 
13 for 24 for 129 yards and a concussion. P.J. Walker, former Houston Roughneck and XFL MVP, will be starting going forward. The Panthers are four-point underdogs. Where are you looking at this game? This game is tricky because the Panthers, are, are they a tale of three teams when it comes to their defensive capabilities? At one point, they were the best defense in the league. Obviously, they didn't play the best teams out the gate. Gilmore going back to New England. Carolina's going to play a lot of man defense because that's what they have. Gilmore, Dante Jackson. What did the Bucs play against New England the majority of the time? A lot of man defense. They don't have the receivers that can get down the field. They don't have the receivers that can beat you down the field. This is New England. I think this game will be closer than people think because they'll load up on the run a la Tampa Bay and say, you're not running the ball on us. We're going to make Mac Jones beat us. We're going to crowd the box. We're going to play man defense because we have the corners that command your receivers up. And let's see what happens. I like the Panthers to cover. DJ, I'm, I'm opposite of you. You probably can tell by the way I set it up. I'm going to go ahead and take and, I'm and taking DJ Walker with his legs. Use your legs to get, to get a few first downs. I believe McCaffrey will be back. If he's back, that, that gives a boost to the offense. Yeah. Now, I will say this. This is a game I'm going to wait to bet to see. Like obviously, we give our picks out on Tuesday, but I will definitely wait to bet to see what run CMC will be doing. Because if he's playing, I'll just stay away and watch this game for the love of watching it on my couch. But if he's not, I'm going to go ahead and have to take the Patriots. And it's very simple. Bill Belichick versus Sam Darnold. Would have been a lovely matchup for me versus PJ Walker is even is, is that's even tastier that's even juicier I'm hungry right now thinking about it because Patriots minus four against what amounts to be not a rookie quarterback because PJ Walker has played and there's a lot of you know football experience if not NFL experience there's a reason he has a lot of football experience and not NFL experience it's because he's not good enough to be year in year out a backup starting quarterback option. So with that being said, I loved him in the XFL. I made a ton of money when he won the XFL MVP because I was one of the few people in the world betting XFL. But today, I likely will be betting against him and betting on Bill Belichick and the evil Patriot Empire, which just hurts to say. Sorry, PJ. So... I'm not sure what to make of this team, TJ, but we'll break it down real quick because the Chargers are traveling to Philadelphia. The Eagles are two and a half point underdogs at home. Justin Herbert, the last two weeks, has passed for 418 yards, three touchdowns, and three interceptions. The rest of the season before the last two weeks, 13 touchdowns and three interceptions, and it only thrown under 250 yards in three games this year. And so, so you know, 220 yards a game, 210 yards a game about, I don't know. Do you think the Chargers have, have, have Herbert has been figured out? And then on the other side, you have the Eagles who thumped the Lions in a game that everybody thought the Lions would win, but it really in a game with two teams that are pretty damn bad. I'm not trying, I'm, I really can't figure out what to make of this game because I think the Chargers should roll. Am I off here? I don't believe you're off. He he just had bad games. It, it happens. Good players are, aren't – you don't figure out good players. You know, the league caught up to Lamar, really. You, you right. just don't figure out good players. When they have bad games, it's just a bad game. It's going to happen. Justin Herbert's in his second season as a starter. He's going to have bad games. He 
started and played well last year and started this season very well, you're going to have bad games. Are the Eagles going to trade their best players? I'm sure people are getting calls, calling in about Fletcher Cox because he can't be as aggressive as he wants to be in his deep, just things that are going on. They're probably not going to play to make the playoffs. They have an outside chance to be a wild card team. So do they start getting rid of their good players and, and building for the future? I would be shocked if the Chargers don't roll the Eagles. I'll be shocked because at one point, we all thought the Chargers were one of the best teams at the National Football League. A few rough games, um, but it happens. When you play Belichick and his, his defensive mind, it, it's going to happen more times than not. Uh, Jonathan Gannon isn't Bill Belichick, so so I'm rolling with the Chargers. I think that's what happened with the Chargers more often than more than anything. They went up against a Baltimore defense. Okay, they went up against they went up against a, a Patriots defense. That 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 is a little bit. I don't want to say that, uh, but I, the Chargers have holes on offense, right? They they don't they can't really run the ball efficiently. They don't really control the time of possession. Even in that 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 shootout with Cleveland a couple a couple weeks ago, they only had the ball for like for Cleveland had the ball for like maybe seven minutes longer, but didn't win the game, right? So they don't really possess the ball in that way. So I think when you have especially these defensive coordinators like. Belichick and new guys who really know the ins and outs and a young quarterback, like you said, right? This is not Aaron Rodgers we're talking about, who's seen literally everything you could possibly see in a football situation. Or Tom Brady, who's seen everything you can see in a football situation. Justin Herbert is still seeing new things. I think that's what happened in the last two weeks. The Eagles are not going to provide anything new for Justin Herbert to see. Everything that they will bring will be everything that they have already seen, especially after, I mean, did you think that at any point this season, the Eagles would bring their backup quarterback in the game because they were winning too much? Hey, my well, when you play the Detroit Lions, everything is possible. I don't care who they're playing. I don't care who they're playing. I, I never – you would have never – I would have never thought we would have seen the backup because the score was too great and the game was out of hand in the Eagles' favor. Don't fall tra- – don't, don't fall into this trap. Nick Sirianni's not good. Jalen Hurts threw the ball 14 times and they ran it for 235 yards. That is not that that's something that's only going to work. Chargers are not going to get the ball ran down their throats two weeks in a row. Yeah, it's, it's, it's only going to work against Detroit. Don't see that game plan and install it here. It's not happening. It's not going to work. Chargers are going to win this game. This this right here, you want to talk about spreads that are messed up? Last night, Kansas City, a 10-point favorite versus the Giants. No way. Absolutely not. Now, Chargers versus the Eagles, this should be closer to 10, in my opinion. We'll take it. Speaking of those Chiefs, who I don't understand it. They haven't covered the spread. We've talked about it ad nauseum on this podcast, but they haven't covered the spread since, like, I got my driver's license. They're like they five cover- for 20 in their last 25 games or five for 15 in their last 20, something of that yeah. nature. It's, it's, something, it's something absurd, right? Like, the, like if, if, the, if the Chiefs were a baseball player trying to hit, they would be considering sending them down in AAA right now to see if they could just figure out what's wrong with the stance, okay? But for some reason, Tuesday – you have on Tuesday, as we sit here and record this, you have the Green Bay Packers, who you know just beat one of the best teams in the AF in the underdog. NFC, just as sitting as an underdog, going to Kansas City. There can't there's it's essentially a pick 'em right now. 
it's it was minus one when I saw it this morning. It's a it was you know a pick them earlier, so it was essentially just moving around there. The Chiefs won last night in one of the ugliest wins that you'll ever see. Now I know you said there's no such thing as an ugly win, but I I I I I have to argue that that was an ugly way to win that game. They only ran the ball well on one drive, so I'm wondering like what 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 do you see here from this Chiefs team, and why why would they be favored? I don't know. The handicappers, they're infatuated with the Chiefs. They're just not as good as people think they are. People keep, oh, the Chiefs, Mahomes, Terry Kill, Travis Kill. That's not what they are, man. The Chiefs aren't a good football team. And the evidence of this year in these games have shown us this. But we think they're the Chiefs that went to the Super Bowl. And they are no longer this team. The Packers should roll them. They're going to have Devontae Adams back. They're going to have basically, I don't know about Jair Alexander, but it doesn't matter because the Packers are playing better football. They're in essence coming off of a mini bye week, having played their game last Thursday. So guys will be rested. I, I don't see this game being close, to be honest with you. If you eliminate the Packers, I mean, the Chiefs from uh, beating you with the big play, they have a hard time just moving the ball up and down the field like normal NFL offenses do. And so I'm taking the Packers. Yeah, I, I, I honestly, last night, was looking at this game, Chiefs-Packers, and it was Packers plus three. And I texted the group chat, and I'm like, how? Why? This doesn't make any sense. But one problem, one problem, TJ, there's one of the guys in the group chat's a big Kansas City guy. And he was like, don't buy it. It's going to be a trap. The Chiefs are going to win today, and that line's going to swing, and you're going to be sick. You're holding the Green Blade plus three ticket. You know what I am right now? Not holding a green blade plus three ticket. That's nah, why you look but, ahead for the lines. That's why you bet on Monday and Tuesday for games that happen on Sunday. These lines move, and now every point costs you money. So damn it on that one, because I feel like I agree with you. The Packers are going to win this game. You know why? Because the Packers are a good team, and the Chiefs are not. It's that simple. Simple. One plus one not. is always two. And and I. I heard Brandon Staley say this back when they were going for fourth and 19s and all the other crazy stuff. And everybody's, why are you so good at this? You know, I, it was a Jim Rome interview. That's why it sticks vividly in my mind. Brandon Staley said to the effect of, I feel like I know my analytics, but sometimes I intentionally go the other way and run the ball because my team needs me to run the ball. That my offensive players need to go hit somebody. My linemen need to go and try to move men against their will. My receivers need to go get back at some of these defensive backs that have been talking all this time. And just remember, hey, dude, you're 165. Leave me alone as I'm steering you around the, the defensive backfield. And he said that. He's like, it's part of being physical. It's part of being tough. What I see in this Chiefs team, they are not physical. They're not tough. They're finesse. They like to spin around and do behind-the-back passes, and all that is well and cool, but this ain't the NBA, and they can't run the ball. And just the ability to run the ball for four yards is something that I feel like we have lost in the, in the, in the praising of what's happening in the NFL, right? Like, Because that's really all it is. 
as I understand it, I'm no football genius, but everybody's just sitting too high, cover two safeties. What do you do in a cover two? You just run the ball until they make you stop. Until you should they make be you able to get down. three to five yards. You should be able to get three to five yards. You should. So it's a fundamental, like that's, that's, that's the problem, right? They can't run the ball against cover two. And that is something that like is a fundamental structural issue. The Packers can, you play cover two against the Packers. They're going to run that ball down your throat. Exactly. You play cover two against the Buccaneers. Welcome to Leonard Fournette. Welcome to Ronald Jones. Right. Uh, uh, you know, this, uh, why do you think the Rams have been trying so hard to get a, to get a running back? Right. So that way they can open up these lanes down the field for like anyway, the Packers are going to win this game by a ton. And it's going to be because of that. My one concern last last night was I had the Giants plus 10 was the drive going into halftime when uh, Michael Strahan was calling the game with this, the Manning brothers. And he's like, is that Frank Gore? Because he's running the because but the reason why he said it because the only time the Chiefs ran the ball with any efficiency. Is the only and, and what happened on the drive? Touchdown. Go figure. Packers are gonna roll this one. And I think the Chiefs, like, I don't know if you can find this. I don't know. It's probably a fan duel, but to miss the playoffs, or if you want to bet against the Chiefs, like Chargers, whoever the Chiefs are not gonna make the playoffs. They're just not a good team. It's gonna be tough. Last game I wanted to talk to you about, TJ. We have the Cardinals at the 49ers. The 49ers are two and a half point underdogs. These teams just met two weeks ago. It's really Cardinals. crazy because I'm on FanDuel. It's mm-hmm. 49ers are plus one. See, all right, so the lines are moving. That's why we do this early in the week because these lines move. And you know what? If you like the 49ers as an underdog, you got to like them a point and a half less now, right? So the you said the line, 49ers plus one. We just saw this game two weeks ago, like I was saying. Trey Lance started for the 49ers. Cardinals won that one 17 to 10. Since then, the Cardinals have just gotten hurt and had miscommunications on whatever the hell that was with AJ Green at a chance to win in Green Bay. TJ, how do you how you how you breaking this one down? It's a divisional game, and it is very hard to beat a really good team. And and I don't know if the 49ers are a really good team right now, but it's hard to beat a good team in your division twice. Is DeAndre Hopkins going to play with his hamstring? They did play on Thursday. He does have extra rest. You 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 don't know that that's unknown. JJ Watt is out. The 49ers they they don't have many injuries. Trey Lance can be used as a weapon in the red zone to run the ball. Um I'm going to go with the Niners just because I don't know the health of the Cardinals. I don't know the health of Kyler Murray. He was limping a lot towards the end of that game. And the 49ers need this game a lot more than the Cardinals. Cardinals took their first L of the season. They're going to take another L. So I do not see the Cardinals losing back-to-back games. I'm going to go with the Cardinals. Big reason being that Thursday game, that extra, that mini buy, I think that's going to play a big role in a D hops hamstring because, okay. Yeah. D hop didn't practice a lot the week leading up. He was in the game. What was the reports at the end of the game? He was checking himself back in. He wanted to go. You have a hamstring though, and you're a receiver and you got to run 10 days. Ain't enough. 10 days is not enough. When you have a hamstring, 
and your whole game is predicated on running, that's not enough. It's not enough I'm time. I'm wondering just the severity of what the hamstring injury was because – It's enough to where he can run, but he can't really go. So if he can't really go, you sit on everything. Force him to turn it on. When he turns it on, he's going to be out for two months. I hear what you're saying, but they was good enough to go on Thursday. And again, I'm not, I've played no NFL snaps. And when I pulled my hamstring, I thought I needed, you know, hamstring replacement surgery. Okay. So I, you know, I'm not pretending to say that Dion needs to just tough it out if he can. Right. But I'm just saying, if you look at it, just kind of like with the evidence that we have here, he, he played, started Thursday. On Thursday, he's trying to get back into the game when the team shut him down after 10 days. I'm thinking that maybe at least he'll be good enough to go. And like you said, maybe at least decoy. But they, but I don't think the 49ers are a very good team. And I don't know how good of a coach. I, I don't think that Kyle Shannon is a bad coach. But I think he designed a very unique and interesting running game that, that, that was kind of like similar to Sean McVay's passing game when he first got kind of got the reins. And we kind of like stapled him as Kyle Shanahan genius, like Sean McVay genius. Like, and now we're still figuring out how genius Sean McVay is after he hasn't been back to the Super Bowl or had much playoff success since that run, right? I think we're kind of in the same boat with Shanahan right now. They're all, now that 49 team is always injured, but I read the quotes and the clippings after they beat the Bears, and you would have thought that, I understand the team was on a, four, after a four-game losing streak, you just would have thought that there was, like, this was a, like a, a very, I don't say a big game. But like the 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 quotes just just had a, a level that it felt like they just won a playoff game. They were like, yeah, everybody got the monkey off our back, you know, our backs against the wall. We stepped up and we got it done. It was like there was nothing that, and it's like Shanahan was like, we effing did it. Like it's, you know, it's the Bears. Their head coach has COVID, and that may not be a negative, right? You know what I'm saying? It's like like Justin Fields is, is a rookie. They don't, like I, the Bears is a team that you're supposed to be. But the Bears defensively. Are a pretty good team. I'm not. I'm not saying that they're bad. I'm not. I'm, what I'm saying is that if you're an average team, the Bears as a totality, 53 man roster, coaches, coordinators. If you're average, true. if you're if you're gonna finish the year eight and eight, eight and nine, whatever the you know whatever that would be now, you need to beat the Bears. The, the Bears are only gonna beat bad teams. You that see is- what I'm saying? I think the Cardinals are going to beat – I think the Cardinals, after losing Thursday, it has me concerned the health a little bit, but that 10-day window makes me feel better. That It makes me feel better with, you know, centers having injuries. Kyler was limping, but he's in the boot. But everybody's in a boot for everything these days. They put a, they put a boot on if they can't find the shoe. Hey, you know, if it I, is serious, you're going to be like, ah, it is. I will be upset. I will be upset. Yeah. And it will be like last week where I, I, I know I, I, I constantly champion betting early in the week. But last week I bet Rams. I bet uh, Texas plus 14 and a half thinking that Tyrod was going to play. I had the Rams. I had the Rams. And I was like, oh, it's over 38-0. And I looked. I was like, whoa, 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 what are they doing? <laughs> they almost made it a way closer game than it actually was. Ended up covering the closing number of 16 and a half. I got it at 15 and a half. So I won by half of a point. 
Right. And I got it at 14 and a half, thinking that maybe potentially the Tyrod will play. That and you know what? Damn it, that was a good read because if Tyrod played, they wouldn't be down on 38 to nothing in the third uh, quarter. Not you would hope not. But anyway, TJ, my lemon pepper parlay. All right, my lock of the week. Go ahead, take it to the bank. All right. We just had rent doing the first of the month. This is how we're getting back on Sunday. All right. I'm taking the Chargers on the road, or I'm taking them on the money line. I'm taking the Cardinals on the road. I'm taking them on the money line. And for my third, my third pick, TJ, I'm going back to the road. I'm going to the Green Bay Packers while I can still get them as an underdog because they are going to end up favored in this game by the end of the week, taking the Packers. So that's my lemon pepper parlay. Chargers, Packers, Cardinals, let's eat. Because we're on the same teams. <laughs> I'm just not picking three. My lemon pepper parlay lock of the week. The Los Angeles Superchargers against the Eagles. And the easiest one of all, at least it seems really easy, is the Green Bay Packers. Over The, the Chiefs don't cover. They're not a good football team. They'll figure this out eventually. But I, I don't see a way the Packers lose. I've been wrong before. I hope I'm not wrong on this one. My lemon pepper parlay, Chargers, the Packers, easy money. Go get it. Look, Chiefs don't cover the spreads. They don't cover receivers. And they definitely don't cover incoming linebackers and defensive backs on blitzes. That's <laughs> it. a real tough time covering fumbles. But, TJ, that'll do it for the Week 9 edition of the Lemon Pepper Parlay podcast. If you like what you hear here, First of all, enjoy those green tickets that you've been cashing. Let's eat. Yes, sir.